22 pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins. Fires. A perfect game. Roy Halladay has thrown the second perfect game in Philadelphia. Line drive right center field. Base hit. Ground ball over the mound. Waiting for it. One thing he booted it. One runner's in. Here comes the ball. Everybody, welcome to the Bell Smashers podcast. This is episode 13. I am your host, Kylie. I'm Jen. And I'm Haley. Back at it. <laughs> and with us today, as you might be able to see, is a very, very special guest. We have Phillies pitcher Marco Poe. Welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Very excited to have you, especially with spring training happening right now, pretty much. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. It, we're, I know we're recording uh, earlier in the week, but yeah, tomorrow's pitchers and catchers report. So like everyone, I mean, a lot of guys are already there. We're, we're itching to go. We're excited to, to get going. Yeah. The, uh, the social media team has been posting some pictures and it's just, it's getting us excited. It, 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 I think everyone's so excited for baseball to be back. I'm sure, you know, with, with the season that we had last year um, and then, you know, the Eagles uh, and the season that they had, like, I, I know, I think people are ready to turn the page after what happened on Sunday and excited. Back. We got something to look forward to. Um, yeah. That was, is an incredible game, a tough loss. Yeah, we uh, yeah. We're excited to talk to you to help us get yes. over the loss. <laughs> my nails are still painted for the Eagles <laughs> and everything. But working in sports talk radio uh, this past week, it's been like a funeral. It's only Tuesday, folk, but it's been like a funeral. I am heartbroken, but tomorrow is a great day because it's officially the first day, also the birthday, so it's like a double whammy. But it's going to be, you know, all powder blue from here. We're going to have the black on now. Yes. Tomorrow, powder blues. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, I, love, <laughs> I love it. We're ready, ready to move on. Ready yes. to move on. Talk absolutely. about things coming up in 2023. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we get into all the questions, which everybody is wondering a whole bunch of questions. Um, we are brought to you by Fired Up Sports Network and Manscaped. We appreciate everybody. Uh, they just released 
their hedge trimmer. You can go check it out, manscaped.com. Use code Bell Bell Smash for 20% off and free shipping. Go check them out. Um, But let's get into this. So, Haley, you mentioned it's it's powder blue season. Oh, yeah. Would you say that is your favorite Phillies uniform that we have? My personal opinion, it looks the best on me because I'm so tan. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I'm a little biased. No, I like it. I think it looks great on the field at the Citizens Bank Park. I think the players like it, too. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm also – I like the classic pinstripes, you know. I like Mm -hmm. the classics. That, to me, says the fight-ins. So, Mark, Mark? what is your favorite (laughs) – Oh man, uh, I, I'm honestly I love I love all the Phillies jerseys. Um, that I mean the pinstripes is classic for me. I mean it's been the same for for forever. And um, you know that's also the jersey I'm gonna make my debut in at home, which was incredible. So I'm like, nice. I'm gonna I haven't even had time to frame it or anything, but uh, that's the one. But but the the powder blues. It's like I, I bought a couple jerseys to give to just friends and coaches over the over the years, just to say thank you. And everyone mm-hmm. was asking for the powder blues. Like it's just a it's so popular. Smart um, people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like the throw the throwback jerseys are really cool, but the Phillies powder blues might be the best throwbacks in all of Major League Baseball. I think so. Yeah. No bias. bias, No bias here whatsoever. Right. Never. (laughs) Uh, Why'd you pick 22? So, well, it's funny, uh, you know, when I got there, I I didn't necessarily pick it. Um, Actually, I love 22. Um, And so... For, yeah, for a lot of reasons. But, um, you know, my, my Twitter profile is Markapel26 and Instagram. Um, and that was my number in college. And so, you know, I have, I have a lot of fond memories from my time at Stanford. Um, but, you know, 26 is is going to be retired uh, with the Phillies. And so that, that'll never be given out. And I, I never asked for it. <laughs> so <laughs> I would never think of asking for it. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, the, 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 um, clubhouse manager is like, Hey, we, we just gave you the, a number that was somewhat close and we, we hope you like it. I'm like, I'm just glad to have a Jersey. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. You know, it's like, I'm not beggars can't be choosers. Like I'm, I'm just, you know, as long as it says Phillies on the front, I'm, I'm happy about it. <laughs> right. And your name on the back. It, yeah. Right. It has the name on the back, you know, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you right now, we were all hyped for when you made your debut like Philly's Twitter went crazy we were I mean the three of us met on Philly's Twitter actually and I remember the week like after you were called up every night we were like is this a pill is this the day is this the day so it was a very exciting time for us can't imagine what it was like for you yeah it was it was overwhelming honestly um I mean, and I've shared, I shared a little bit on, on Twitter, just a little bit of my story. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you read a little bit about it, it's like, for me, honestly, it's like, I, I felt like I had years where I thought that day would never come, you know? And, um, you know, JP Morosi interviewed me on MLB network after the game. And I, that's what I told him. I'm like, I like this dream that I've had for as long as I can remember, like was dead for a number of years when I wasn't playing, I was injured. I was like, and I don't even know what's going on. I don't know if I could possibly come back. And when I had the itch to come back, even then it was like, all right, this is going to be a really long road. And, and chances are, honestly, it's like, it's probably not going to happen. 
um, if you're just being like reasonable and logical about it. And so, um, yeah, so the fact that it did, it was just like overwhelming and, and um, it just felt like everything that happened last year um, was, was way more than I could possibly have hoped for or imagined. And, um, you know, it's funny because it happened in 2022 and my number's 22. And so it's like for, for that reason, like 22 will always be like a special number for me. Um, and just kind of that, that connection there. But, um, yeah, it was, it was an overwhelming emotional, like week, you know, first finding out that you get called up and we're not position players. So we aren't in the lineup. Like I'm a reliever. It's like, right. it really depends how the game goes, whether I get in or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it took a couple of days and, but fortunately I was able to, you know, get in there and, and do it in front of the Philadelphia crowd. And, um, it was just, it was, it was awesome. You know, so when you did get called up, um, were you with like, you know, family? Was there anybody that you kind of were around or did you kind of find out maybe alone? Like walk us through that moment of when you found out. Yeah. So, I mean, last year was so special for me, even before I got called up, you know, in, in some ways. And I haven't told a lot of people this, um, but I mean, I'll probably share a little bit more online uh, over the course of the year. But this year was or last year, 2022, in my mind, going into spring training, like I, I didn't feel like I was in the best spot mentally and physically. I was just like, man, I had a rough 2021, but it was my first year back. So I, I shouldn't judge it too much. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I'm coming back that off season. I'm like, should I keep playing? I'm, you know, this is, I love this game, but you know, I also would love to get to the big leagues. Um, and I, I kind of showed up to spring and I'm like, the the most likely outcome of this year is that I just go to the bullpen. I, I pitch in AAA for, you know, eat up some innings um, and kind of have a mediocre average year. Don't get called up. And, and then I'm probably done because I was a free agent and it's a hard free agent market. And right. so I was like, I, I kind of started approaching last year as that was going to be my last year playing baseball. And oh, wow. And so, you know, I, in, in my own mind, I, I was having this like private farewell tour <laughs> because I'm like, I'm just, I mean, I'm a career minor leaguer at this point. And, you know, so I'm like, all right, let me just, Hey, th- it, this is my last spring training. And this is my last, you know, opening day and last all these things. And, um, and what that allowed me to do is it, it just reminded me of what my purpose in this game is, is, is it's the relationships. It's trying to love my teammates, trying to sh- show up and, and, hopefully create a good environment in the clubhouse and, and just help guys along their path as they're trying to chase their dream, because I've been through a lot and, and dealt with a lot of the mental struggle of the game. And so it's like, man, if I can give back and help some younger guys as they're going through some of the same things, it's like, that's more than enough for me. And so I felt like my relationships just blossomed last year. And so when you asked me like, who was I with, I was with my team and it felt like family and, um, Anthony Contreras, our manager, AC, uh, in, in Lehigh Valley, you know, he, he found out, I guess, during the game that I was going up and, um, you know, he comes into the clubhouse after the game and he's like, Hey, everyone, you know, we all hear it's like everyone, we, you know, team meeting in the clubhouse, not sure what's going on. Um, and that's not normal, you know, after the game, win or lose, like you, you go eat, eat your food, you do your recovery, you, you, you do all the things you need to do. Cause it's like, you're playing again the next day and the next day and the next day, right. Um, right. So you, you just kind of short memory and move on. And so he comes in and he's like kind of heated, you know, he's like a little upset and, 
And he's like, you know, guys, like what happened out there was unacceptable. And I'm like, man, we, you know, we lost. Yeah. But like we scored a couple in the ninth, like we fought all the way to the very end. Like it wasn't a bad game. You know, you can't win every game. And, but he's like, what happened out there was unacceptable. It's like, when I call your name, you, you gotta be ready to go and you gotta be prepared. And, and, you know, it's like, if you're not ready, like we're going to keep losing games like this. And, and not only that, but like, if you're not ready, it's like, you're never going to go to the big leagues. And that's what this is all about. It's like, we're trying to get you to the big leagues and help the Phillies win a world series. And, um, and so I think like I was feeling this and I think other people were like, who's he talking about? What's going on? Right now? <laughs> like, who's it? Like, right. this is so out of place. Scary. And, um, and then he kind of changes his tone and he goes, but there's been one guy all season. He's just shown up and he's been ready every single day, whatever we've asked of him, he's, he's just done with the best of his ability. And, um, and then he just turns and he looks at you, he goes, Hey, Mark, you're like, you're going to the big leagues. And like everyone was there and it was the most special moment because it, it wasn't just a private conversation because I mean, I, I, I live and I play like with my heart on my sleeve and I like try to pour myself out for my teammates. Um, and, uh, and like, they know how much I love them. Like the genuine excitement that like, we all get a show for each other when someone gets to go up. Right. And, and then I got to receive that excitement on the other end. And it was like, I immediately was just like in tears. I'm like, you know, just even just making your debut, but nonetheless, like the, the story and the journey and how long it took to mm -hmm. get there. Um, it's like, I wouldn't have wanted to celebrate it with anyone else. Um, and then after, you know, I, you know, I, I get a call from Jamison Hall, who's our, our travel, you know, secretary and, and kind of, he manages a lot of stuff. He does an amazing job and he's like, Hey, congrats. You know, we got you on a flight you know, like 7 a.m. tomorrow morning out of Newark. And, you know, we got to get you like, and they were, the team was in San Diego. And so it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you got a 4 a.m. car. It's like, go get packed up, sleep, you know, whatever. Um, but, and then I call my, my family and let them know. And, um, you know, it was, it was just like a really sweet moment in my life that I got to share with the people that were closest to me, um, you know, in the clubhouse. It really felt like we had you know, like a family atmosphere in, in Lehigh Valley last year. Um, and then, yeah. And then got to actually tell my actual family who was in Houston. <laughs> and so they were able to book flights and get out there the next day. And um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I think the part of your story that I think maybe we all can take away from, you know, you shared, you opened up, which I commend, you don't have to, but it's very nice that you did is that, you know, you went into that season thinking it was going to be your last time ever. And the fact that your dream came true and a time where maybe you didn't think it was going to come true just goes to show that your talent, because I mean, at the end of the day, the talent that you exuded and, you know, showed on the field itself is what got you there. So I just want to commend you because um, I work with Ricky Metallica, who was a former pitcher for the Phillies in the next room over. And, you know, I mentioned that you were joining today and he was like, oh, that guy's awesome. So it goes to show that, you know, you're, you're beyond talented and then mm -hmm. you were being um, and it, you were a part of a team that was just, you know, getting hot, hot, hot mm -hmm. and went all the way to the World Series. So yeah. I think that's like a Cinderella story. Um, yeah. Obviously the outcome that we didn't, you know, we don't right. have to talk about that. But <laughs> for, I mean, listen, we, we're not going to talk about that, but you were able to do something that most people in the league will never be able to do. Yeah. And I thank you for saying that. Um you know, and it's funny because I, I've really thought about, you know, this, this past off season, 
you just have a lot lot more time for yourself and i've just thought about like i'm like man I, i'm not a believer that if you if you want it you know you want it so much and you believe so hard and you have enough faith and and you know if you're a religious person like if you pray and you believe yeah. and you have faith then like things will happen in your life like I'm, I'm not a believer of that i don't think that's how god works in our lives and then i i have this question but like like why do we ha even have these dreams and sometimes it feels like the dreams we have are god given and sometimes like people go their whole lives without their, those dreams ever coming true and i'm like well life can't be about whether our dreams come true or not like life has to be about something way more than that and and what i think it you know kind of the conclusions that i've come up with is just that like how we hold on to our dreams in the interim while we're waiting is worth far more than whether those dreams come true or not. And, and I got to experience that like even three, I think three days before I, um, you know, before I got, I found out I was going to the big leagues, I shared a post on Instagram and Twitter, just talking about how, like, I feel like I gen like genuinely have enough. It's like, I don't need a big league debut. I don't, you know, this, this has already been just one of the best years of my life. And I think it, it goes back to spring training when I had that, mindset. I'm like, this is going to be my last year. And so like, I'm just going to show up every single day and enjoy it and realize that every, you know, every moment, like a lot of them seemingly insignificant, but maybe it's a moment that you have a conversation with someone and, and it affects them in some way and in, in, in a positive way. And you're like, man, you know, this is a, like, I think this is probably more what life is about in the day to day and just showing up and giving your best effort and having a good attitude than it is about these mountaintop experiences. Um, and, you know, and I think also it's like living in that way, it takes way more faith, but it also, I think is the way that you actually get to experience the mountaintops because you aren't concerned about getting there. You, you're just enjoying, you know, the, the climb, which can sometimes be exhausting, right. And, and yeah. you know, treacherous yeah. or, or whatever it is, but, but, you, you eventually get there and you're like, wow, I, I didn't even need this. I was enjoying life so much already. And like, mm -hmm. it's so, so sweet that, that God would let me experience something like that. So God works in the best ways possible. Yeah. And really does. I don't know about Absolutely. everybody else's beliefs, but I'm somebody I'm always praying all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in life, you know, when you expect something not to happen, but you still find that comfort in just accepting, you know what? It's okay to have dreams that may not come true. It doesn't mean it diminishes anything that you've ever worked for. No. Um, you'll get rewarded. And, you know, there's a reason why you're on this team. Mm -hmm. And we were all very excited when you did get caught up. So yes. for you to experience this, congratulations on your dream coming mm -hmm. true. Because most people in life don't get to experience that. But you're so humble about it. And you're so appreciative. And I think that goes to show that you're probably a great teammate in the locker room as well. Um, I, I try to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm like projecting. Yeah. I'm like, you're a great teammate. Great advice. <laughs> yeah. I thank you. Thank you, Haley, for saying that. That that's yeah, really kind. I don't know if you if you saw, um, but before you did get the call up, everybody on <clears throat> like almost every Phillies Twitter post was call up a pal, call up a pal, like every single one. Yep. Um because I mean that ERA was amazing. So yeah. yeah, it 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 was, you know, I think and th this is again part of just my story. It's like 
I had so much pressure and I put a lot of pressure on myself, but just coming out of the draft being the first overall pick uh, with the Astros and it, feel, it felt like everything I did was under a microscope. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't misstep, you know, people were asking me questions, all this stuff. And so it's like, I, I, I just kind of, you know, I don't think people were created to carry that much weight on their shoulders. Um, and it wasn't even the weight of like, I mean, I'm just one player. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like, You're still human. it's still right. human, but it's just like, everyone's talking about you. Everyone's asking about you, you know, reporters come into the clubhouse and after a game and they're like, so Mark, what'd you do today? I'm like, I didn't even play. It's like, I just had a full, <laughs> you know, it's like, why don't you talk to the guys that went out and actually like helped us win a game? You know, <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that I'm like, <laughs> and this is, this is hard, but I also get it. It comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was really sweet to be able to like be out of baseball for a couple of years and then come back in and, and have a totally different perspective on that and feel like, man, I'm not, I'm not out here to like have, I'm not, I'm not trying to prove anyone right. It's like, I, I'm, I get, I get to do it because I just love it. And, um, and so, um, it, and I also felt like early on, it's like every every time I got called up to another level, so A ball, double A, triple A, um, it's like I didn't have great numbers. You know, it was based on my previous pedigree that they called me up. You know, they said, well, this is just the development timeline. And so it's like you're going to go to A ball for this long and then double A and then start the next year in double A and then go to triple A, regardless of probably my, my performance. But going from the triple A to the big leagues, it's like they're only going to call you up if you're going to help the team you know? And so I felt like almost every single call up I had wasn't like, man, I'm just dominating this level. And I know I deserve that call up until last year where I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I, I executed, I was effective. I got guys out. I, I figured out what my role was on the team. And I just tried to do that to the best of my ability and it worked. And it's like, so when I finally got there, it's like, I didn't feel like I didn't belong or I, I didn't feel like this imposter um, mm-hmm. just walking around the clubhouse. I felt like, you know, I belonged. And, and the cool thing was I had the last two years, I was with a lot of these young guys in the minor leagues. You know, I got to see Bomer and Stott and some of these guys. And then all the old guys are like my age. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, like I was in the futures game with Schwarber back in, you know, 2015 or whatever. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, yeah. it's like, I played, uh, you know, Corey Knabel was in the bullpen then. It's like, I played college baseball, like summer ball with him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's so many connections and I'm like, man, I, I feel really welcome and at home here in the clubhouse. It was, it was really cool. I've noticed the sort of family atmosphere the the team has had lately. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really cool to see. Um, so you with your Twitter, which is always fun to follow. Um, yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted out what you know people would like to see from you in terms of um, kind of talking to people about what you do and everything like that and. I was only like with, with pitching, how, what goes into the mentality, especially when you have a guy like JT and a catcher. So Mm -hmm. he's going to be able to block and do all those things. So what kind of mentality do you have going up with a guy like JT against a good batter? I mean, it, it, having JT behind the plate, um, even Garrett, you know, Stubbs is great, you know, but, but like JT is, 
the best catcher in baseball, you know? And so you're like, it just adds confidence to, to our staff and our bullpen, you know, um, just all of his tools are off the chart and he's just, he's smart. He cares, you know, he cares about you. Like he wants you to be successful and he believes in you behind the plate. And so it's, it's like all of that combined. You're like, man, it's like, I, I feel, I feel like I can live freely. I can play freely and just trust them that, you know? Um, and so unless it's like, I have, insight into how my stuff plays against a certain hitter um and he calls a pitch and i'm like no like i i know 100 percent confidence if i execute this pitch like it's gonna ha- like we're gonna get this guy out it's like that's probably the only time i'm shaking him off honestly <laughs> you know, someone, someone on twitter asked me it's like you know just it was just like a hypothetical it's like all right mark you're closing out the world series game seven like what pitch are you throwing I'm like, whatever JT calls, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, we've got the best catcher in baseball behind the plate. Do yeah. you feel more comfortable about uh, if you throw a ball in the dirt, if it happens, do you feel more comfortable with him? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, they catchers, I have so much respect for catchers because I could never do what they do. And like, I hate making them work extra, like blocking balls and stuff like that. And so I'm like, I feel a little bad sometimes. But if it's, I mean, if it's a certain pitch and like, I'm like, hey, I'm missing in the dirt if I'm missing anywhere um, because I can't miss over the plate. It's like, like, it's not an issue whatsoever. Um, But I mean, it's also gives you so much confidence that you're like, even if I'm missing the dirt, I know that runner is not advancing. And, and, you know, it's like, it's like, we'll be able to go to the next pitch. so it's it's awesome. You can even get thrown out of it if uh, it's at a right spot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, it's like you never know. It's like maybe maybe we'll just try to practice throwing balls in the dirt to bait the runner to go, and we just keep throwing them out. Hey, if that happens, yeah. I, I'm not. <laughs> Probably not the best strategy. Don't tell Coach. That <laughs> Sorry, guys. I could obviously my camera was on. I was talking. I'm at the radio, I was talking to Ricky Batalco about something. <laughs> Ricky Bell. Oh, um, well, I work on his show, so I was like, it's during break, so I was like, I will be in their next segment to record stuff. I'm like, but I have like a very special guest. <laughs> and everyone was like, who is it? And I, they all were like freaking out. Well, not him, <laughs> but he doesn't care about other things. That's awesome. <laughs> but I was listening. <laughs> I was Love actively it. listening. <laughs> Love it. So I have another question about your approach because you've been both a starting pitcher and a reliever. So from your perspective, what's the biggest difference in how you approach your game? Yeah. um, That's a great question. You know, being a starter is so regimented and routine oriented. And, and so, you know, it's just, it's just been, yeah, it's been a, a transition and like a little bit of change, but like, I feel like where I am in my career right now, it's like the bullpen really works for me um, because it's not like, I don't have all this time to think about my next game. Right. I, mm-hmm. I might be pitching that. So it's the shorter memory. Um, it's like, all right, you know, I, I could be pitching tonight. So let's just prepare as if I'm going to get in there. And then if I don't, then it's like, all right, we just go to bed, wake up and do the same thing the next day. Um, and you know, the, the, it's like, I feel like you have a baseline work level that you do every day. 
Um, and then when you pitch, you just have these little riffs and these little adjustments on your recovery, your, you know, pregame work, whatever it is. Um, and, and so, you know, like for me, it, it, it really works because I found that like, I think I'm a little bit better when I am just all in on today and not thinking about what tomorrow or the next game might look like, um, you know, and so I, I think it's been successful um, for me and, you know, I have no idea like what specifically my role will be. Cause I, you know, I had, I had uh, outings last year where I would go two or three innings and then outings where I'd go one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just really trying to be ready to, to do whatever, <laughs> whatever topper needs for, for us. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm excited to do this year. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And we loved that 97 mile per hour sinker as your very first yes. major league pitch. It felt it good. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> not too shabby. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Pretty too great. Yeah. I'm like, you know. I was like, I was like, dang, I like I still got it a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Like, geez. I've I've always wanted to hit off a major league pitcher. Like I could I could never. Like I would <laughs> love to just take an at bat. Oh, uh, I could. A hundred percent. Okay. It may not hit the bat, it might hit me because I might like kind of move up a little bit. Um <laughs> But yeah, like I'm always down for the challenge. That, yeah, I <laughs> like don't do it. I, you know, uh, I, I I spoke at this um this group um this is like a uh, fellowship of Christian athletes deal in um near Detroit, Michigan last week actually. Kind of random how it how it all came together. But one one guy asked me, and he was on the baseball team. He's like, "Do you ever get any at bats in pro ball?" I go. I go, yeah, I was 0 for 7 with four strikeouts, but I drew a walk. So I got an on-base percentage, uh, <laughs> and I almost scored. And so, um, yeah, so I feel pretty proud about that one. <laughs> that's about Love all it. I can do, honestly. That's Good better than, like, high. all of us. Yeah, that's exactly. better than Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see you see people hit 97-mile-an-hour sinkers or 103-mile-an-hour yeah. fastballs, and you're just like – I can't hit that, but I would love to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what that looks like. You right. Know? Yeah. Scientifically proven, it is impossible um, when you break it down. And I've said this fact before. I'm like obsessed with it um, yeah. to actually hit a baseball with, I guess, the measurements of the bats and the speed of the ball velocity, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Um, so it is incredible. But I feel like in life, if you don't try, you'll never know. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like maybe the Phillies should have like an event, like a charity event, and it could just be like, you know, well, we don't know. But the problem is that we don't want to tire out your arm out. Right. Winning's too important. You know what? Um, We're going to veto that. I don't (laughs) pitch. I can't pitch. And people can hit off and then charity. Boom. Money. That'd we also awesome. think about how to give back to the community here in South Philadelphia. So do, do like a home run derby with like fans pitching, and oh, like I'm down. Reese Hoskins just hitting tanks into the <laughs> left field bleachers. It's like batting practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, we have we have a plan here. We should do yeah. it. We should but do for it. Charity, right? Because awesome. not everybody wants to do a five k. Right, but everybody wants to hit dingers. That's right. Everyone wants to hit dingers. Hundred percent. The bell. <laughs> Dude, imagine like if you hit the bell, that's like you you get a one day contract or something. <laughs> yeah. I, is that even possible? How far is that? Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know the last time someone did that. I, I don't think that's done. Over five hundred feet, you know. 
Look, if Bryce is hitting against if Bryce is hitting against a random citizen, that's that's going to New York. I mean, he's hitting it out for sure. But part of it too is like you 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 want to use the velocity like that the like the harder it comes in, the harder it goes out, you know. Right. And so you know, it's like science. I don't I don't know how that happens. That's it's wild. Crazy. Mark, maybe that can be like a little side project for you is to hit the bell. <laughs> there you go. Like, the I don't know. I don't know if I could do that even if I was standing in the outfield grass. <laughs> like, but like I, I will say though, uh, so last year, um, you know, when we were playing catch during before before batting practice, you know, it's like three o'clock or something, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the other team is out there, you know, their pitchers are out playing catch and well, so the Braves have have this guy. I forgot his name, um, but he's he's he was a, a a reliever that was kind of up and down last year between AAA and the big leagues. But in uh, in the offseason, I think he's like, or at least he grew up, and I don't know if he still does in the offseason, but he grew up in like a ranching home, and and so he knows how to like lasso and all this stuff, right? And and so he would bring out this lasso. Um, and he would, he had this little like thing, this little, um, like, I don't know, like a little sock or little place to put the ball in this lasso, but he would like spin this thing around and then he would launch it and no joke that would hit the bell from home plate. Like it was um, like, he was in, he was in far left field, like where the visiting team is, you know, and they're all the way down the line. And he threw it out of the stadium over the right field bleachers over the fourth deck and right field at citizens bank. Like it was like to the point where he did it. And then everyone ran into the clubhouse, like our clubhouse and was like, Hey guys, you got to come out and see this (laughs) unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And he did it again. And it was like, Oh my goodness. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Honestly. (laughs) I love that. Sports and it like end up posting it or something. Seriously. Yeah. Where is this footage? <laughs> I, I don't know if we have footage. I think I, I, I think he did it back in Lehigh Valley because he got sent down and we were playing Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, you got to do this for, for all of us. But he was like behind home plate and he was just launching it. And I mean, he would be throwing it. I think he hit, um, if y'all have been to Coca-Cola Park, that mm-hmm. at the top of their scoreboard in, the, in far left center field, they have a Coke bottle, you know, that when you hit a home run, it opens up and a firework shoots out or whatever. Uh, he hit the Coke bottle from home plate. And I was like, that's 550 feet. That no wow. joke. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, so we need to find this man. You probably uh-huh. know better than I do. Okay. We're, this yeah. is a team effort on this podcast. We're <laughs> out here. If you were this man, listen, we need to the Citizens Bank. Listen, I can get us in. I live a mile away. I can hop the fence. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Park has access probably. We need this to happen. <laughs> we need something to get that bell. I need to see how sturdy that thing is. And, it's got to uh, happen. Will the bell ring if you hit the bell? <laughs> Will there be I another mean, crack in the Liberty Bell? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how they got it second crack. It's for the car. <laughs> see, so, on Bell so Smashers podcast, you don't just there get exclusive information. You get great right. ideas. You These are the smash, smash yeah. bells. You got to smash right. them Smash them bells. <laughs> Hard hitting questions yeah. and piecing out. Um, I actually have to go continue my show at the radio. Um, yes, all good. I know the life of uh, sports talk doesn't end, but Never Mark, ever. it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming on. 
and Haley, Kylie great, and Jen. Great meeting you, Kaylee. Keep it yeah. up. Thanks. Thanks. And I'll obviously plug it all on the Twitter. So I'll Love see it. you later, guys, next week. <laughs> Bye, guys. Happy yeah. birthday tomorrow. There we go. <laughs> uh, so to continue, um, do you have any crazy stories that can be said on a podcast? <laughs> oh, keyword. Keyword. Keyword can is be. can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what kind of story you want. Like, I'm sure I have plenty of stories. Um, you know, I, I like you want minor league stories. I don't have too many big league stories. You know, like either. My first big league plane flight was crazy because it was back from San Diego to Philly. And I'm like, man, this plane is really cool. And they got food and Chick-fil-A and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is this beats the minor leagues for sure. Uh, you, know, you got guys playing cards and money on the table. And you're like, wow, that's that's crazy. And, uh, you know, and then just music blasting. And apparently all the like the FAA rules were like, oh, you got to have your seatbelt on and your trade table up and all that stuff. Like, don't, don't apply. Do that. <laughs> I was like, I think that's just for safety in a public space. But like, when you got your own plane, it's like, yeah, you kind of do whatever you want. It's cool. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We had a um, we uh, let's see. Last year, uh, we we had a uh, kind of a run in with. There were some people that um, were like in the, in our hotel basically, and then they were like checking these doors and a door was open um, for one of our players and he like broke in and he like stole a bunch of stuff. And so we had, um, we had, a, 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 you know, we had this kind of scare that like, we're like, Hey, this hotel isn't even safe. Like, what are we doing here? All this stuff. Um, and so that was kind of crazy. And, and the cool thing is, is, and I don't know if you'll, if you've had Derek call on the, on the podcast or if you'll, you Not know, yet. yeah, hopefully you can Love get him you. and he'll tell you the story, but that was, that actually played into how he found out that he was going to the big leagues. And so oh. I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell his story, but you'll have to ask him if you get him on the podcast about his, his like big league, you know, call up story that how he found out that he was, he was going to the show. I feel uh, like they might've talked about this on the, on the Phillies broadcast, but I, it's like a vague memory. So obviously want to hear it from Derek. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> sure, for sure. So I don't know. It's just, it feels like every year there's just like these little moments that you're like, man, that was so stupid or that was hilarious. <laughs> you're like, um, you know, uh, it's just like when when you have, you know, 25, 26. And then honestly, it's more because because of the revolving door of players that are mm -hmm. kind of on the fringe. Um, and it's like you're always and you're living together, you're eating together, you're you know, all this stuff. It's like, man, there's there's going to be things that just come up that um it's like i i i really i i i probably have a number that i wrote down um but off the top of my head it's like i i, just, I try to like document some stuff or just like write down little notes just so i can remember one day because uh, like things happen all the time so oh yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean I, through all the craziness of the of the season there's 162 games and mm -hmm. and especially with uh the chaos of the minor leagues too i mean there's bound to be stuff that is great stories but you just forget along the way yeah yeah I, yeah for sure i you talked about it before but you were sharing about how 
you know, the way that you post on Twitter and Instagram and it is how you like tell some of these stories and your story especially. And so what made you want to kind of approach social media that way? It's like a, it's very special the way I think that you interact with fans and followers too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 I used to have social media back in college and early pro ball. And it was just, it was just not good for me. It's not healthy. I didn't have a good relationship with it. And, and so, you know, last year or towards the end of 2021, um, one of my, one of my best friends from college, he's like now become this prolific, you know, Twitter thread content creator. Like I bring up his name and people are like, Oh yeah, I read his stuff. And I'm like, you should have seen him in college. If you did, you wouldn't read his stuff anymore. You know, all this, <laughs> but, uh, but no, he's, he's great. And he's, he's just, he's got a lot of, you know, wisdom and he, he, he shares that and he's created a business around it. And, you know, he's like making really good money doing it and he's got his newsletter and all that stuff. And so I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. You know, he's sharing insights from his own life and, you know, kind of synthesizing a lot of these other, you know, ideas from all over and just like, packaging it up and sharing it with his followers and he's got like i mean he'll probably hit a million followers on twitter this year and um you know so like we were talking and um and he's like yeah you should totally share like just things on on twitter um because like if it's positive and like people really like that stuff i was like okay i mean i don't i don't really know what i have to share but um you know so i i I like posted that first thread like back in September, 2021. And it's like 7 million impressions, you know, it's like, it, it got, you know, I don't know how many retweets and likes and all that stuff. And it's like, wow. Is that your pin tweet? No, not, not my current oh. pin tweet, but it was the one that I used to have pinned. Um, but it's just like sharing lessons uh, over the course of my career. And, you know, that was like, Hey, I've, I was the first overall pick. I was called the biggest bus in baseball and I'm, I'm making a comeback and I've learned lessons along the way. And here they are. And people are like, Oh, this is awesome. Like you should totally, you know, you should write a book. You should do all that. I'm like, Whoa, like easy. I, this is just like <laughs> tweets on Twitter. My goodness. Um, but you see the power of the internet and you're like, man, you can tell stories. And if you're thoughtful in the way that you tell stories, you can actually make an impact in people's lives and people can be moved by that. And so I feel like I had, I had this, like, uh, I guess a moment, like moments of serendipity this year where it's like, I, I just both was learning something and became aware of it. And then was also like, actually spent the time to like sit down and write it out and then share it because I felt like it was an important message. And I felt like the story would resonate with people and hopefully encourage them as they're figuring out life. And, um, and so, you know, like I, and then when I got called up, like that was another moment. And just when I made my debut, that was another moment. It's like, so these moments that like over the course of last year, I just realized I'd say, Oh man, this is really cool. I, I, I really like, this is like really resonated in my own heart. And, and maybe if I take the time, I can share that with other people. And I feel like a lot of people resonated with just the story and, and, you know, and the, the manner in which I shared, um, kind of these like lessons or thoughts or pieces of advice, or, you know, honestly, it's like, I was just like telling my story, but sharing the insights I learned along the way. Um, and like, I got a lot of DMS and messages just being like, man, like I really needed to read that today. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. it's like, exactly. just get one of those. it's all worth it. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really see the power of 
positivity on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. And so hopefully I can continue to be like a positive voice. Um, but I also have like this, like, you know, self just doubt of like, I'm like, I'm just a normal dude. Like, I, I don't know what people, you know, but I also know like in baseball, especially I have a unique story and, and just the fact that I was drafted first overall and, you know, went through all the things I did and then made my debut um, as a 30 year old, 31 year old. And so it's like, Hey, that's not a normal, that's not a normal path for a lot of guys. And I've, I've learned a lot of things along the way. And so I, I really try to pass those on to the younger players, especially like the young prospects, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, we have a lot of them with the Phillies in camp this year. And it's like, I feel like yeah. I have good relationships with those guys. And so I just want to be a resource for anyone in the clubhouse. Like, Hey, if you need to talk about life or whatever, it's like, I'm here and you, you know, I ain't going to judge you in any way. It's like, I've been through, I've been through a lot of it. So exactly. uh, let's just talk and try to figure it out because sometimes it can be hard hearing it from your parents or your coaches, or even feeling like, Oh, I got to go to the sport sports psych guy, you know? And I'm like, Oh, there's so many things wrong with, I'm like, no, there's honestly, there's nothing wrong with you. So it's just like, you're just experiencing what it's like to be a human for the first time, you know, instead of this, <laughs> hero baseball player <laughs> and yeah and that's okay. I mean, you can figure that we can figure that out so i mean i really appreciate your openness about mental health especially because there is still such a stigma i think especially for athletes and so just mm -hmm. even sharing a little bit about it makes a difference too yeah so i think adding the human the human side of of sports is exactly is what like because a lot of people forget that you guys are still humans. Mm -hmm. But we talk about it on the pod all the like, time. We do. We do. And and so it's it's nice when the human side is, is brought up in a positive way and people can realize what it is like. And I think that's what that's what people really appreciate about what you do with Twitter. Mm hmm. Well, thank you. I, I, that's all the encouragement I need to, to try to keep sharing stuff. Um, you know, and it, it's also a balance too. like during the season. It's like, I I'm here, I'm not, I'm not here to build my own following or stuff. I'm I'm here to help the Phillies right. win, you know? Right. And like, I care deeply about that. And, and so there are things in the clubhouse that I'm like, those things got to stay in the clubhouse because my relationships with my teammates and my coaches is far more important than, giving little tidbits and insights. Exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I feel like I, I have a decent, you know, grip on that. And just like, I, I try to be protective. And so when I do share something, I really hope that it's something worth reading. And, and mm -hmm. like, I'm, I don't want to spam people's inboxes or, you know, their timelines or whatever it is. It's like, I, I want to write something that, and I usually spend a lot of times, like a lot of my time last year, was spent it's like in the mornings i would just go to a coffee shop and i'd sit and i'd probably read and write for a couple hours every single day and a lot of stuff that i write is just in my own journal and it'll never be shared with anyone <laughs> and that's fine but but the more you write the more you start to see these trends and you're like oh wow i'm actually connecting the dots on all these experiences in my life and and this is something that i think can really be shared with someone and then now you're forced to like condense it onto a medium like Twitter. Right. And so it's like, I have my first draft. And I'm like, this doesn't work on Twitter, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> so you, you figure out like, all right, I got to be careful about each word because you only have, you know, and it's been a great exercise because I, I found that I really enjoy writing and um, that may be something that like, I want to keep doing in the future. Um, 
And so, yeah, so it's been, it's been like great low risk, you know, just like fun place to do it. And, and then you can connect with fans in a really intimate way. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, th- I think you should keep doing it. You're, yes. you're good at it. <laughs> you, you are. And again, it's, it's like touched people and, and their lives. So, and that was another question I had, cause I've heard you say that you like to challenge your mind. Mm-hmm. So besides writing, what are other ways that you like to challenge your mind off the baseball field? Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, really reading is like sometimes a challenge because I'm like, I can get so distracted by all sorts of stuff. So sitting down and reading for 30 or 45 minutes is like, it's like by the end of that, I'm like, man, I feel really good about my life and good. Like, I feel like I'm going to have a good day today. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think I, it's just thinking about life and, and, and really with the purpose of trying to help people, um, you know, I, I used to be super interested in business and all that stuff. And I found that, you know, I, I, I got into a little bit of that when I wasn't playing. And I just found that, man, as much as I love just thinking about that stuff, I can't really do that while playing baseball. Like it's, it's too much. Like I have to be all in. Um, and, you know, when, when I feel like in anything you do in life, if your heart's divided in, in some way, it's like you, you just aren't going to be able to give your best effort to that thing. And it's almost best to just say, hey, I'm just going to say no to this, even though it's really good. And I heard this um, kind of this story of Warren Buffett. He was like on this plane or something and the pilot was talking to him and he's like, hey, how do you, you know, invest and how do you do all these things? And, you know, he basically said um, he basically said, you know, make a list of the top 20 things that you want to do in your life. Like just anything that you want to do, um, anything that you think would be good, worthwhile, maybe it, it, it would give you some sense of purpose and whatever, right? So make a list and then prioritize them one through 20. And this is an exercise that I've done. And, um, and he said the, the, the first like three things you need to, um, like those are the things that you need to focus on. You need to just absolutely say yes to those things and give your time and effort. Things like, you know, four and five like those are maybes and then five through 20, even though those are like really good things, right? The things that you care about, you actually need to relentlessly say no to those things, no matter what, because they're, they're good enough and tempting enough to distract you from what's actually most important. And so there are things, there are things in my life that I absolutely love and I would love to do. And even right now I'm like, I, I I'm, I'm kind of connecting the dots. I'm like, okay, with what happened last year, it's like, there's clear that like my story and sharing about mental health and sharing about my story, like resonated with people. And that's actually become like a sense of like how I want to, you know, leave an impact on the game of baseball and people's lives. And so like that is climbing up in the ranks. So I'm like, how do I do that? But if like, you know, I had the idea, I was like, maybe I start a podcast and have conversations around that. But I'm like, I don't want to be just another podcast guy, you know, athlete with a podcast. Like there's so many of those and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and very few of them are actually like really good. You know, I just, I hate to say it, you know? Um, and so I'm like, like, is, is that something that's in that range of like, oh, that's tempting enough that I think I want to do that, but I need to say no to it because it's, you know, it, it distracts me from what the most important things are. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a super interesting like thought exercise for any of us to do in our own lives. Yeah, it is. Uh, so. I know. I'm, I'm, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking that now too. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's, um, it. It, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, and I realized that a lot of the stuff that I was doing in the years that I was out back then, they were in the top three or three to five things, you know, mm-hmm. and then life changed. I, I, I got an opportunity to play again and I went through the 2021 season and I realized my heart's divided and I'm trying to manage these things. And, you know, it's like my home, like I love my home, you know, uh, I lived in it for five or six years back in Houston, but I sold it in 2000 at the end of 2021 season, because I'm like, I am, I am, my heart's being divided because I have to manage that. I have to care for it. I have to, you know, figure out the maintenance, all that stuff. It's like, that's all stuff that's taking me away as much as I love that home. It's taking me away from like what my purpose is and what my ultimate priorities are and like being here and present with baseball. So, yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome. That's something that's relevant to everybody. Yeah. Um, Continuing with the Twitter, you also said that 27, since 2017, this is your first big league spring training. Yes. How are you? Yeah. Since, yeah. Since 2017. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. How are you approaching it this time? Like what, what's changed? What's like the difference in the approaches with this training? Yeah. I mean, just, I think it goes back to kind of the sense of purpose that I had last year, just like, you know, in some ways like this could be my last year playing. Like I just don't know what the, what the outcomes of this year will be. And because I don't know the outcomes, all I can do is just show up every day and, and give my best. And, and so just like, uh, uh, just the purpose that I feel and just like the work that I do. And I, I just love getting to play baseball and I'm, I don't know when that'll end. Um, it could be sooner than later. It, it might be later than sooner. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, just showing up ready to work and, and given my best focus and effort every day. And then, and then also just like engaging in the relationships and the, with my teammates, like, um, you know, I, I feel like I made a lot of connections last year that, um, I really valued. And even when I went into the off season as a free agent, um, you know, it's like really the only team I wanted to be back was, was, was the Phillies and it's in large part because of all the, all the relationships I had last year. Um, and, and so, you know, that like, I'm so fortunate that that's what happened, but yeah, we that's are too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. very yeah. simplified focus. It's like my, my work on the field and then just the relationships in the clubhouse, um, and I just want to invest in those things and, you know, spend my time doing those things, um, you know, regardless of what the results are, I feel like they're worthwhile. I, I love that. Yeah, same here. I'm actually <laughs> coming down to spring training to see you all play. So I'm excited. I'll be tweeting from the Bell Smashers squad <laughs> social media. As I'm love talking. it. So, yeah. What, what are you coming down uh, the, the, fir- the very first weekend of oh, the cool. games. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So hopefully yeah. we can see each other in person. Yes, definitely. That'll be great. Or throughout the season. Cause yeah, yeah I'm going to go to games right. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mini um, meetups. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Oh, we love that. Um, one final question with the new rules, you have experienced this them what's what's your take well um i it's something you just 
you just got to deal with, you got to adjust to it. Um, I will say from a time length of the game perspective, it does make the game shorter. Like there will be shorter games just because of these Mm -hmm. rules. Um, And so, you know, I'm, I'm just, I think where I'm at is like, I don't know if MLB is like, you know, fishing for the right things, you know, like they're, they're trying Mm -hmm. to address these things that are, um, that I'm like, I don't know if these are the biggest issues that we have in the game and growing the game, um, you know, but but they have their philosophies. And, and so they make the rules kind of around those things. Um, I think it'll frustrate some some guys, especially some guys that have been in the league a long time and they have the routines, mm-hmm. you know, even coming out of the bit, bullpen, you have a routine. And it's like, well, you have two minutes and 15 seconds. That's not a lot of time. And they really they're going to try to control that and. You know, there, there are some guys um, in AAA on other teams um, that said, like, yeah, it sucks. And this is what I do. I go when I run in, I tell the home plate umpire, I said, I don't care about the clock. I'm going to get my routine in and I'll start the first batter 1-0 <laughs> because that's the penalty. Right. And he's like, I don't care. I'd rather get my full warm up and be ready to pitch than not get it. And, you know, he's like, I don't care. I'll be 1-0. So be it. Right. <laughs> And I you'll see, that. yeah, same. Yeah, you'll you'll see you'll see um, you'll see some pretty frustrating moments this year, uh, especially like in three two counts where either mm-hmm. the hitter gets rung up and he called strike three because um, he wasn't ready at the time he was supposed to be ready, or the the pitcher hasn't started his delivery or he starts at just at zero or right after zero, and he gets you know a ball and it's ball four and it's like a big spot and you're like. Like we need to have some sort of adjustment mm-hmm. for like situations like that to not have a clock because the 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 it's too big of a moment for a pitch clock to like change the outcome of the game, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting, and I think and then we 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 didn't deal with the larger bases in AAA last year, um, but uh, but I think that's gonna honestly have a huge impact on the game i think there's going to be way more offense you know way more stolen bases mm-hmm. uh, like i don't think people really fully understand how big of a, a difference no pun intended with those bigger bases. <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to cause a lot of chaos uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> never a dull moment right no yes. no <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for coming on. We are looking forward to your continuation of baseball. Wish you nothing but the best. Yes. Want to meet up. Hopefully see you in, in the in the show. It'll be a fun time. Awesome. Yes, yeah. No, always this is always rooting been, for you, Mark. Thank you yes. guys. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. This has been such a fun hour to just talk to you guys, <laughs> talk Phillies and appreciate all sorts that. Of- Figuring out how to smash the bell. Yes. (laughs) We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. It's great talking to you guys. It's great talking to you too. Thank you so much. You have good luck in spring training and just we're all rooting for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.